How can you make yourself sound more Spanish when you're speaking Spanish? Uh, whatever level you are, well, one way you can do it is pepper your conversations with some very special and useful noises that uh, Spanish people make when they're talking. Things like wah, anda, ala, 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 uy, 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 vaya, uf, ay, oiva. Pues nada. A ver, a ver, a ver. Pues yo en plan, o sea, o sea, digo yo así que, bueno, es que, ¿sabes? That's a little selection for you. Now, I say noises, they are actually real words, and they're very useful. It's a little language episode, but it's not hardcore grammar. I'm looking at some idiomatic language, colloquial language, which if you're learning Spanish, I think will really make you sound even more Spanish. And they're quite fun and interesting. So I'm looking at words we use to interject into conversations. And I'm also looking at what the Spanish call muletillas, which means little crutches, basically filler words, words that give us a little bit of extra time to think about what we're going to say next. I think they must exist in all languages. They certainly exist in English, like, I mean, do you know what I mean? Um, muletilla, little crutch, uh, muleta means crutch, uh, much more expressive in Spanish, isn't it? So I uh, like the idea that these words are, are actually helping you along, helping you move forward uh, with your conversation. I'll be looking at some of those in the second half of this episode. In the first half of the episode, I'm going to be looking at these uh, interjections that we chuck into uh, our conversations to give an idea about how we're feeling about something. For example, one of my favourites, Buah, no tengo ni ganas de ir al trabajo hoy. So if you'd like to pepper your conversations in Spanish with some really authentic sounds, then stay tuned to this episode. You're listening to When in Spain. I'm your host, Paul Burge. Thank you for joining me uh, wherever you're listening from around the world. Now, as many of you regular listeners will know that When in Spain is a, a podcast all about Spain, Spanish life, culture, travel, food and drink, and occasionally language. So just to put it into context then, when I first came to Spain about six years ago, in fact, even before that, when I was learning Spanish back home in the UK and I was going to language exchanges and meetups and I built up a little circle of Spanish friends, whenever we were out having a beer or I was in a group of Spanish friends, I gradually realised that uh, I kept hearing these, well, what were for me then just kind of sounded like strange noises, which were kind of kept popping up uh, in conversations in between every other sentence. And now these are the kind of words that you're not really ever taught in textbooks or in language classes as such. It's the kind of vocabulary which you only really pick up through hanging around with real, authentic, native Spanish speakers and exposing yourself to real, everyday conversations in Spanish. And I gradually realised that they're absolutely essential if you want to communicate very effectively in Spanish. So without getting too heavy on the linguistic side of things and grammar, this is not a heavy grammar class, don't worry. There are three categories of interjections. You have what are called onomatopoeic, 
So onomatopoeia is when something that you say sounds exactly like the thing that makes the noise, if that makes sense. So these express noises, for example, a clock. In English we say tic-toc, tic-toc, tic-toc. Well, el sonido de un reloj en español hace tic-tac, tic-tac, tic-tac. Classic examples are the sounds that animals make. Now, I'm not going to go on about this in loads of detail, but it's quite amusing, especially for those of you who are thinking of bringing your children to come and live in Spain. You might need to know these. My favourite, I guess, is uh, the sound that a cockerel or a rooster makes. Of course, in the English-speaking world, we say cock-a-doodle-doo. In Spanish, it's the wonderful kikiri-kiri. Uh, Spanish cats do go meow, but dogs do not go woof-woof. They go guau-guau. And birds do not go tweet-tweet. They go pio-pio. That's an example of onomatopoeic interjections. The other category is called appellates. Now, these are used to attract attention or start a conversation. For example, if you say to someone, hey, hey, where are you going? You're drawing attention. And in Spanish, hey would be, hey, 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 a donde vas? And then the third category are what are called symptomatic, and they express the state of mind of the person speaking. And these are the ones I really love, and these are the ones that we're going to be looking at in a second. So, if, for example, if I said, oh, it's really hot today, we know by me saying, oh, that I'm not enjoying the fact that it's really hot today. Whereas if I just said, it's really hot today. We don't know how I'm feeling about that. I'm just simply stating that it's hot. And it's exactly the same in Spanish. Oof, qué calor hace hoy. So let's run through a few of these. The first one I'm going to tell you is my absolute favourite. I just love the way it sounds. I love the way it kind of explodes out of the mouth. And that is wah. Sometimes it's a bit softer. Sometimes it might sound like wah. But quite often, wah, wah. Now, if you want to look up these words, uh, depending on the dictionary, there are slightly different spellings, depending. But it's about B-U-A-H, or sometimes just B-U-A, bwah. Not to be confused with bua, which actually means owl. Anyway, bwah. When do we use it? To express surprise, to express astonishment. Bwah. Eso es imposible. Bwah. This is so difficult. Bwah, no me lo creo. Bwah, I don't believe it. Also used to express frustration or annoyance. Or even sadness or boredom. Wah, tío, no tengo ganas de ir al trabajo hoy. Wah, dude, I really don't feel like going to work today. Definitely used a lot when you don't feel like doing something. Wah, otra vez lunes. Wah. Oh, Monday again. I guess in English our equivalent would be, oh, kind of similar. Wah, tío, tengo un hambre que lo flipas. Dude, I'm super hungry. A few more examples. ¿Qué tal estuvo la fiesta? Wah, fatal. No vino nadie. Oh, terrible. Nobody came. But it's not always negative with wah. You could say, hey, tío, ¿qué tal te fue la fiesta anoche? How was the party last night? Wah, de puta madre. Estuvimos bailando toda la noche. Wow, absolutely brilliant. We were dancing all night long. ¿Te gusta el regalito que te compré? Wah, sí, justo lo que quería. Wah, yeah, just what I wanted. So I think you get the idea. It's a kind of wow but it could be negative or positive, obviously depending on the context. So, wah. Disbelief, amazement, surprise, disappointment. Positive as well, like you're really, really happy, happily surprised. Wah. Phenomenal. A word that sounds similar to wah is wah. Now, this is spelt with a P, pwah, and ends with a J. Pwah. Pwah, I guess, is a bit like yuck. Pwah. No me gusta esta comida. Pwah. Odio las coles de Bruselas. Yuck. I hate Brussels sprouts. Pwah. Yuck. Another one of my favourites is anda. 
Panda. This is, again, to express surprise. It's a bit like, I suppose, in a very polite and old-fashioned way of saying, well, I never, or blimey, or I say, although I guess in English we wouldn't say that these days. We'd probably just say, oh, wow. But it's very common in Spanish. So it can be used to express surprise, like, anda, no sabía que tú también venías al viaje. Hey, I didn't know you were coming on the trip as well. Wow. Anda, ¿cómo estás? Hace años que no nos vemos. Wow, how are you doing? I haven't seen you for ages. So again, the same element of surprise in a positive way could be used. could also be used to express haste. When you're in a hurry. Anda, deja de jugar y vámonos. O perderemos el tren. Come on, come on, come on. Anda, anda, anda. Stop playing, let's go or we're going to miss the train. We also use it for requests, like kind of when we're trying to convince or persuade someone to do something a bit like, oh, go on, go on. Anda, anda, llévame contigo, no? Go on, take me with you, can't you? Anda, préstame el dinero, por favor. Come on, please lend me the money. We can also use anda to express irritation. Anda, creo que se nos ha pinchado una rueda. Damn it, I think we have a flat tire. Anda, y ahora me lo dices? Oh, great. And now you tell me. It can also be used to express sympathy as well. So again, I suppose in English it's like, come on. But of course, with the intonation we use makes it more obvious in the context. Anda, seguro que te llama mañana para hacer las paces. Come on, I'm sure she'll phone you tomorrow to make up. So anda, there you go. A-N-D-A, which also can be commonly conveyed as no me digas, uh, which is a bit like, well, I never. Oh, wow, I can't believe it. Uh, another way to convey the same meaning as anda is uh, vamos. Come on, vamos. Vamos, no te lo tomes tan a pecho. Come on, there's no need to take it to heart like that. And you could also say anda, no te lo tomes tan a pecho. Another one you hear a lot and I like is the addition of ya to anda. Anda ya, anda ya. And I love this. This is when you want to express disbelief. And I suppose in English it would be a bit like, yeah, okay, come off it. Or pull the other one, you know, what do you, you can't be serious. Anda ya. So another one which I love and you hear so much is ala. Allah. And sometimes, depending on the level of surprise, it could go from Allah to Allah, 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 Allah. Like, oh my God, what are you saying? What are you telling me? I can't believe it. Wow. Allah. So it's used as a reaction, usually a surprised reaction to something normally physical that you can actually see with your eyes, rather than a surprised reaction to something that someone tells you. In that case, you'd probably use, like I said before, anda, no me lo puedo creer. Lo que me has dicho. I can't believe what you've just told me. Whereas, Allah, you would use, Allah, cuánta gente ha venido, no esperaba tanto. Wow, look how many people came. I wasn't expecting so many. Of course, always used with football. A la Madrid, a la Madrid, a la, a la, which is, come on, come on Madrid, come on Madrid. So the whole crowd in the Bernabeu Stadium would be shouting, a la, a la, a la Madrid, a la. So in that context, of course, because you're seeing it with your eyes, just about to shoot for the goal, a la, a la, a la, uh, to give that meaning of come on, come on, come on. You could also use it as well to get people moving. Come on, get moving, a la, a la. You could use it as a, as a, as a surprise, maybe in a negative way, like a la. Like, oh dear, oh dear, Allah. Another one you hear a lot is we, or sometimes, which I absolutely love. Oui. This is used when you 
physically injure yourself in some way. For example, which I tend to do a lot, it really hurts is when you stub your toe on a chair leg or a table leg or something like that, because I often walk around the apartment in bare feet and I stub my toe and I would say, ow. Um, and I haven't, uh, I haven't managed to automatically as an instinctive reaction say, oi, when I injure myself, I still stick with the English version of ow, but that's what it means anyway, oi, ow or ouch. I guess it could also be used for squeamishness if there's something you don't like. Maybe you see a spider crawling across the carpet in front of you and you're like, oi, 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 you know, like, oh, yuck. Um, I guess our friends in the United States would say, ew, 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 ew. We don't say that in the UK. We don't say ew. We would probably say, ugh. Um, so for squeamishness, you can use it. You can also use it for astonishment and amazement. And you can also use it uh, when you're expecting something to happen, but it doesn't happen in the end. For example, Football matches, uh, when it looks like uh, the player's going to score a goal, but in the end, oh, I missed. Okay, so you could use it like that. And I've also commonly heard it used and used it myself uh, to mean a physical mistake, like whoops. Uy, se me ha caído el vasito de agua. Whoops, I dropped the water. Um, I've also often heard people say it, uh, if you're walking along the street and you walk around a, a blind corner and you walk straight into someone, you both bump into each other. And people quite often in that situation will say, uy, uy, perdón, uy, perdón, whoops, sorry, whoops, sorry. But then, oops, does also exist as well. So for minor accidents, also for small mistakes that you might make, uh, I've quite often noticed that uh, maybe a Spanish teacher might use it with their student if they've noticed they've, maybe they've spelt a word wrong. Oui, las escrito mal. Like, whoops, you've, uh, you spelt it wrong. The next one, which always reminds me of kind of cheesy soap operas or programs which are dubbed really badly into Spanish. Vaya! Vaya. V-A-Y-A. Vaya. Vaya, vaya. Vaya. Wow. I would say it's a little bit, it's commonly used, but I don't know whether it's a little bit more old-fashioned or not. Vaya. Yo que pensé que eras mi amiga, eh? Oof, damn, and I thought you were my friend. It could be used as damn or wow or well, 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 something like that. Vaya, se ha ido la luz. Damn it, the power's gone out. It can be used for pleasure or annoyance, exasperation, okay? Wow, vaya, que bien. Uh, wow, that's great. Uh, que buena noticia. What, what great news. Vaya, wow, great, great news. Another one which always used to make me laugh because I used to hear it a lot was poof or oof or poof or boof. Uh, it seems to be written U-F or P-U-F or B-U-F. Boof, woof, boof. <laughs> Spanish people say it quite a lot. And it's kind of an interjection to express something that's bugging you or annoying you or something that you find maybe disgusting. It's usually something um, that is physical, like the example I gave at the very beginning of the episode. Oof, que calor hace. Um, so it's like, oh, it's so hot. Oh, oof, que mal huele. Oh, it, it smells disgusting. So something that kind of gives you asco, something that gives you, makes you, disgusts you or makes you feel uncomfortable, you could use oof or oof, where we would probably use something like oof or oof. The next one, ay, 
¡Ay! Physical pain. Ow, ouch. Ay, me acabo de pinchar con esta espina. Ow, I just poked myself on that thorn. Ay, me ha dado un golpe con el martillo. I just hit myself with the hammer. And, uh, you know, if you have like a continuous pain, I'm thinking of someone, uh, I'm not mentioning any names, who maybe has gone to the gym, done a very intensive workout, and the next day when you try to lift your body up out of bed, all of your muscles are aching. And you probably wouldn't just say, ay, you'd probably say, ay, 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 kind of with each movement, like ow, 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 ow. The other way we use ay is an expression of sorrow. Yeah. Ah, ay, ya no soporto más no tenerte entre mis brazos. Oh, I can't stand not having you in my arms. It could be used like that as well. And another thing I've noticed, now I'm not quite sure if this is true across all of Spain. Some of my friends from Madrid and Castilla-La Mancha, and I've also noticed that it seems to be more females than males that do it, is they use I, uh, but it's kind of like a sigh. It's like, I, like this. And it's used when there's nothing more left to say. Like at the end of a conversation, when you've run out of conversation, I, I've heard it a lot, blah, 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 I, and then silence. And then that's like the kind of marker that that topic of conversation is, is finished. I'd be intrigued to know any listeners who could shed any more light on that, whether they've experienced it as well. Anyway, let's move on. Oiva, oiva. Literally, there it goes. Ahí va. But it sounds more like oiva, oiva, oiva. I don't know. I think this is more in sport where maybe someone passes the, the ball in football. Oiva. Um, I've maybe noticed it when someone is carrying a really heavy box and they kind of drop it and they go, oh, oiva. I've noticed it some when, uh, when we had all the snow here in Madrid back in uh, January and there were people falling over and slipping over on the ice and the snow all the time and you'd quite often you know, hear people say oiva when they see another person fall over. Like, oh, there he goes. Oh, there she goes. You could also use it when you're playing cards and you put a card down and uh, you've got a really good card and you're kind of trying to draw attention to it and you're putting down the, the ace of spades or I don't know and it's like toma tu ahí va eso ahí va ahí va when, you, when you're putting the card down to, to show that Haha, there she goes there, there it goes there's the card to draw attention to or accentuate or intensify uh, any kind of physical movement I guess ahí va So those are the interjections. I'm sure I've missed a couple out. If I have, and there are any listeners who know a couple more, then do get in touch with me and let me know and I can see if I can follow up. Um, but those are the most, in my opinion, the most commonly used interjections that you will hear all the time in Spain in conversations. Let's move on then to the second part of the episode. I wanted to talk about these muletillas, these uh, filler words, these little crutches that help us, that give us a bit more time to think about what we're going to say next. And again, really, really, really commonly used. So the first one I've got here is pues. Pues, pues. Basically it means well. You can throw it in at the beginning of your sentence to show, you know, some kind of uncertainty or indecisiveness. Pues, no sé realmente si es algo que quiero hacer. So, well, I don't know really if it's something I really want to do. ¿Quieres tomar algo esta noche? Do you want to go out for a drink tonight? Pues, no sé. Tengo mucho sueño. Well, I don't know. I'm really tired. Uh, you could use it for responding in the negative after thinking. ¿A qué hora viene tu amigo? 
what time's your friend coming? Uh, pues, no sé, sobre las ocho, creo. Well, I don't know. So you can use it like that. Uh, responding in the positive. ¿Te apetece tomarte un cafecito? Do you fancy a coffee? Pues, sí. Well, yeah. Now that you mention it, I do, yes. Also very commonly used with nada. Pues nada, pues nada. And I've noticed, and I think this is quite common across most of Spain, that pues nada quite often mutates into sounding like pos nada, pos, instead of pues, pos, pos nada, pos nada. And in Andalusia, where they swallow the S's and cut the S's off the ends of words, it might sound like por na, por na, por nada, pues nada. Pues nada. It means, well, nothing. <laughs> it's used a lot. Simply as a response to, uh, what are you doing? What are you doing tonight? ¿Qué estás haciendo esta noche? ¿Qué vas a hacer esta noche? Pues nada. Well, nothing. It's also used if you want to sort of jump forward in a story that you're telling. You want to miss out bits without having to actually explain the passage of time. Y el hombre que me entrevistó me dijo, gracias por venir, te llamamos. Uh, y, y pues nada, no me han llamado, así que no creo que me den el puesto. So we got there, the little pues nada, which kind of joins together the gap in time. So it was, And the guy who was interviewing me said, thanks for coming, we'll call you. And, well, they haven't called me, so I don't think they'll give me the position. But I think it's really commonly used to end a conversation or when someone wants to finish a conversation, you might say, blah, 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 life story. Pues nada, uh, tengo que ir. So, well, anyway. So it's a bit like in English, I guess we'd say. So, well, anyway, yeah, um, I got to go. Pues nada could also mean, so that's it then. Or like I said, oh, well, so anyway, that's it. You could also use it, I suppose, if someone asks you to do something, maybe like a favour, and then maybe in the end they say, oh, actually, um, I don't need your help. And you might say, oh, pues nada. In which case it might mean, okay, fine, whatever, fine, whatever. Pues nada. Another one, which I love. One of the one of the first ones I learnt, and at first I thought this is really strange. Why do people keep saying "Let's see, let's see," or "We are going to see"? Um, well, it does mean that literally. A ver, a ver, a ver, to see. It's a filler word, which I suppose is a bit like "Let's see" in English. A ver, qué vamos a hacer esta noche? Uh, let, let's see. What are we What are we going to do tonight? You could also use. Vamos a ver, uh, let's see, vamos a ver qué hay para hacer esta noche, um, let's see what there is to do tonight. So those are the kind of literal translations in the same way that we'd use it in English. But I think also Spanish people use it in conversations a bit like, so, so at the beginning of a story or a beginning of something they're going to tell you, they might say, you know, we, we in English might say, so I was uh, talking to my friend last night and uh, she told me about uh, a new Spanish class that she's uh, attending. And then in, in Spanish they might say, a ver. So a bit like, you know, what was I going to say to you? Um, let's, let's see. It'd be like, but, I think the way that I really like that it's used and it took me a kind of while to realise what the meaning was in this context it's used to get people's attention in a conversation when there are lots of people talking at the same time and they're talking over one another which by the way is very common in uh, in Spain amongst groups of friends talking about a subject they feel very strongly about and everyone's trying to you know and they're just talking all over each other or maybe someone's dominating the converse the conversation just between you know, two people and you're trying to butt in because you maybe don't really agree with what they're saying or you want to correct them on something. That's when you could also use it. Uh, uh, vamos a ver, vamos a ver. Os podéis callar, yeah. 
A ver. All right, all right, all right. Can you just shut up for a minute? Or a bit like when someone is going to interject into a conversation and they are not going to agree with what's being said. So it'd be a bit like, hang on, hang on, hang on a minute, hang on a minute. Or now, 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 now then, now then, now then. A ver, a ver, a ver, a ver. Vamos a ver. No estoy de acuerdo contigo. Hang on a minute. I don't agree with you. It's a bit like, hang on a minute, hang on, when you're trying to interrupt into a heated conversation or an argument, trying to make yourself heard. Right, we've got a new one. This is for the kind of hip youngsters. Well, not really, but I have to say I haven't heard many people over the age of about 40 using it. En plan. Anyone who knows Spanish or anyone who's listening to this and already lives in Spain will probably be smiling at this one. En plan. You hear it so much. En plan, en plan. En plan. The filler word of choice for young people all over Spain. Um, I guess it translates as the horrible like. Like, 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 like. So, estábamos ahí en plan descansando cuando llegó Miguel. So, we were there, like, relaxing when Miguel arrived. Eh, no te enfades. Lo hice en, en plan broma. Lo hice en plan broma. Don't get angry. I meant it like as a joke. En plan broma. Yeah, you, you hear it a lot. And you can also use it with yo en plan to mean an and I'm like, or, and I was like, es que, eh, fui al médico ayer y me dijo, tienes que desnudarse. I went to the doctor yesterday and he said to me, you have to take all your clothes off. Y yo en plan, que yo tengo que desnudarme. And I was like, I've got to take all my clothes off. Y él en plan, claro que sí. And he was like, yeah, of course. And I was like, y yo en plan, no, ni de coña. And I was like, no way. And he was... You get the idea. And he was like, she, you get the idea. So uh, very common. I have to admit, I, I'm above the age of 40. I do use it. I think because I've been exposed to it so much. Um, it's super common now. I think it's quite a new phenomenon, this en plan. And you even get people saying en plan, en plan, like, like, like. I don't think it's been around for probably more than about seven, eight years. And a couple of other examples. Estoy harto de esto, en plan de tener que hacer todo el trabajo yo solo. I'm already fed up with this, like, I mean, of always having to do all of the work on my own. Another one might be, me lo dijo en plan, soy tu jefa. She said it to me as if she were my boss, en plan, soy tu jefa. She said it to me as if she were my boss. Uh, one more, me dijo que quería que saliésemos en plan broma. En plan broma. He asked me out, but like in a kind of jokey way. En plan broma. The next one is definitely one of my favourites, and I think it was the one that I just could not get my head around for ages. It's uh, a basically a noise that I thought it was just a noise that people made when they were deep in conversation that seemed to punctuate every other sentence, and I had no idea what it meant for ages and when I realized what it was it was like a sort of eureka moment and it is osea osea which quite often becomes sat or sat or sat when people are speaking very passionately and very quickly it is actually sea from the subjunctive of the verb ser to be and it literally would mean I suppose like a be it in English, which is one of the few bits of the subjunctive which is still left in the English language, what it really means is I mean, or 
In other words, uh, when you want to clarify or explain or nuance something that you've just said, you would drop in a o sea, o sea. I mean, uh, the other way to say it in Spanish, which is quite common as well, is es decir, es decir. Uh, in other words, or that is to say, which is much more formal, obviously. But you will hear o sea a lot. And at first I didn't even know it was o sea. I thought it was just sa. Sa, sa. I was like, what is this noise? <laughs> so there you go. I mean, or or rather. For example, vas a salir otra vez con él. O sea, lo pasasteis bien. You're going to go out with him again. I mean, you had a good time. O lo que pasa es que me he dado cuenta de que nunca he viajado en tren. O sea, sí que he viajado en tren, pero solo en cercanías, no en uno de largo recorrido. So it's a bit like, um, I've just realized I've never really traveled on the train before. I mean, yes, I have traveled on a train, but only on the small local trains, not on a long distance one. Um, there's a train example for you there. Um, o sea, o sea, keep your ears open for it. If you're in Spain or you're around Spanish speakers, see if you can pick it out. Digo, literally means I say, digo. So using digo can be a way of correcting yourself after you've said something, uh, kind of similar to, um, I mean, it's a bit more like what I meant was or what I mean is it's a bit more emphatic when you uh, said you've misspoke or you haven't said something quite right and you say what I mean is this so uh, me dijo que la fiesta empieza a las nueve uh, digo a las diez uh, she told me that the party starts at nine I mean at ten so when you're correcting yourself, not necessarily like Osea, when you're adding extra information or maybe you're modifying something slightly uh, that you've just said. This one is when you're correcting yourself. Así que, which kind of means so or therefore. And it's similar to entonces. You can use it as a filler word uh, at the beginning of a sentence. Así que al final fuiste al restaurante. So you ended up going to the restaurant. Or, um, you can also use así que bueno or así que nada as filler phrases. And they both translate roughly as so yeah or so anyway. Así que bueno. Esa es toda la historia. So yeah, that's the whole story. Or, so anyway, that's what happened. Así que bueno, eso es lo que pasó. Uh, so anyway, that's that's what that's what happened. Bueno, 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 bueno. Literally translates as good. Has a number of different meanings as a filler word. You can use it like pues, a bit like well, at the beginning of a sentence while you're trying to think of how to respond. Eh, bueno, eh, lo tengo que pensar un poquito más. Uh, well, I'll have to think about it a little bit more. You can use it to express agreement or when someone proposes an idea that sounds good to you. So, uh, bueno, sí, eso me parece una buena idea. So, well, well, yeah. That seems like a good idea to me. Um, but my favourite kind of buenos are the long, drawn-out ones, uh, which uh, kind of express more exasperation or annoyance or disbelief for extra emphasis. ¿Qué tal te fue la cita con esa chica que conociste en la biblioteca? How was that date that you had with a girl that you met in the library? And the other person might say, bueno... No estaba mal, pero me parecía un poquito, un poquito rara. Well, it was okay, but she, she seemed a bit strange. Maybe for annoyance, you could use it as well. Todavía no habéis fregado los platos. Pero bueno, pero bueno. With the extra addition of pero, but, like but well. Pero bueno. It's a bit like well, well, well. 
Oh, well then, you still haven't washed the dishes. Well, well, well. Pero bueno. It's a bit like, well, come on then, you better do it. The next one was one of the first ones that I learned and is really useful, really, really useful. And it is, es que, es que, es que, la cosa es que, the thing is, the thing is, a great filler phrase. In Madrid, with a Madrid accent, it sounds a bit more like eh que, eh que, eh que. The thing is, really useful when you need to explain yourself or rationalise a decision you've made, or especially useful when you need to politely decline or deny or disagree with somebody. So, you know, your friend calls you up, say, ¿Te apetece ir al cine esta noche? Do you fancy going to the cinema tonight? And you're like... Es que me vacuné ayer con la segunda dosis y es que hoy no me encuentro muy bien y es que estoy un poquito cansado, la verdad. Es que no me apetece, lo siento. Es que... The thing is, yesterday I had my second dose of the vaccination and the thing is, I don't feel very good. And the thing is, I feel a bit tired. The thing is, the thing is, perfect for setting somebody up for disappointment. Es que, or es que, if you're in Madrid, uh, from the full phrase, la cosa es que, the thing is that, uh, no has terminado la tarea, says the teacher, you haven't finished the homework, and the student says, es que es muy difícil, it's, it's just that it's really difficult, or, por qué no quieres ir al cine, why don't you want to go to the movies, es que no me gustan las pelis de terror, it's just that I don't really like horror movies. <laughs> The next one you will hear attached to the end of sentences. Sabes. You know? Sabes. Quite often ends up sounding a bit like says. Says. Sabes. Translates as you know. And you can use it to, in the same way as you use uh, you know colloquially in English. Es muy importante para mí. Sabes. It's really important to me. You know? You can also use, and I suppose in English maybe it's a bit more like, do you know what I mean? El chaval es muy majo, pero a veces se pasa tres pueblos. Sabes? He's a really nice guy, but sometimes he just goes too far. Do you know what I mean? So you could use, sabes? As, uh, do you know what I mean? You could also use, sabes que? Sabes que? Do you know what? As an introduction to a sentence. Sabes que voy a hacer? Voy a dejar mi trabajo y mudarme a Hawaii. <laughs> do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to quit my job and move to Hawaii. And why not? You'll also hear very common in Spanish as well related to sabes is sabes que quiero decir or sabes que te quiero decir or sabes que te digo. And this is a bit more like, do you know what I'm saying? En fin. En fin is a great way to wrap up a conversation or to fill that awkward silence when the conversation has run out and come to its natural conclusion. Uh, so you can say, bueno, en fin, pues me tengo que ir. So, well, that's it. I've got to go. You could also use it if you're telling a story of a sequence of events and different things that happened and you're saying, what happened in the end? So, en fin, lo pasamos muy bien. All in all, we had a great time. All in all. En fin. Uh, related to en fin, which I'm going to drop in because it's actually very useful and quite commonly used, is al fin y al cabo. Al fin y al cabo. Al fin y al cabo. And that can be used to mean, well, in the end, or after all, or at the end of the day, or anyhow. No me importa que digo me haya abandonado. Al fin y al cabo, nuestra relación no tenía futuro. I don't care that Diego's left me. In the end, our relationship didn't have a future. So, in the end, al fin y al cabo.
Vale, 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 vale. Very commonly heard three times. Spaniards like to use many words in groups of three. Vale is definitely one of them, which is okay or right or yeah. And it can just mean that. Uh, you answer someone to say, okay, vale, lo haré, okay, I'll do it. Or it could also mean okay as in I totally understand what you're saying. For example, primero sigues por esta calle, vale? So first you follow the street, okay, right? Okay, got that kind of thing. Y en la esquina giras a la derecha. Mira, ahí hay un cartel que dice que no puedes entrar. There's a sign that says that you, you can't go in. Pero sí que puedes entrar en esa calle. Vale, you got that? You understand what I'm saying? Okay. Could also be expressed as, ¿me entiendes? Another one you hear a lot, tacked on to the end of sentences, doesn't carry a lot of meaning, y tal. And all that stuff, and so on. In English, definitely in the UK, when we say, and that. So, I don't know, I went to the supermarket, I bought some bread and milk and that. Um, I can't think, can't think of another example, but blah, 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 ital, which literally means and such. Related to that, and this is one of my favourites, and I had a friend, and a Spanish friend of mine back in the UK, this is where I learned this from, because she said it all the time, is, y no sé qué y no sé cuánto, y no sé qué y no sé cuánto. And sometimes it's also y no sé qué y no sé cuántos in the plural. Very common in conversational Spanish. Uh, again, it's when someone is explaining to you or talking about something that happened and uh, running through the different chain of events and then they did this and then this happened, then we went there and then he said this to me and then she said that to her and then y no sé qué y no sé cuánto. It's a bit like and all that. And and what not, you know, when the speaker is implying that the information being referred to isn't really that important or doesn't make much sense or they don't want to go in lots of detail because it would be annoying. So they just say, you know, and what not, a bit like etc, etc. Um, for example, me dijo que tenía problemas de salud y no sé qué, no sé cuánto. He said he had um, health problems and all that. You don't want to go into all of the list of health problems. You just want to say etc, etc. Quite often when you're listing, when you're kind of explaining a list of things to people, and you don't really need to list every single thing in the list, but you're kind of giving them an impression. So you'd say, for example, Oh, es que te piden mogollón de datos tu DNI, tu seguro de vida y no sé qué, no sé cuánto. Oh, God, they ask for loads of personal details, your ID, your life insurance, and this, that, and the other. So that's another way you could translate y no sé qué y no sé cuánto, and this, that, and the other. Literally, who knows what and who knows how much, or I don't know what and I don't know how much. No sé qué, no sé cuánto. Other similar expressions uh, to refer to unspecified similar things that don't really need to be mentioned. Uh, one I already said is ital y demás. And you could also say italiqual and so on and so forth, really. Eh, cuando estuvimos en Roma, vimos el Coliseo y la Fuente de Trevi y demás. When we were in Rome, we saw the Colosseum and the Trevi Fountain and so on. Don't need to list everything we saw on the trip. El dueño fue muy amable. Nos enseñó el jardín y tal. The owner was really nice. He showed us the garden and all that. And one which is identical, really, which I really love, but sadly is less commonly used. I think it's actually quite old-fashioned. You do hear it occasionally, but not very much. Not as common as y no sé qué, no sé cuánto, is que si patatín, que si patatán. <laughs> I just love the way it rolls off the tongue. Que si patatín, que si patatán. Again, it's used to summarise things that the speaker thinks you know, are not important or not worth mentioning in detail. Often in excuses or apologies. 
Juan llegó a casa borracho pidiendo disculpas, que sí no era su culpa, que sí patatín, que sí patatán. <laughs> Juan came home drunk, apologizing, saying it wasn't his fault, and this, that, and the other. Uh, another one, siempre vienes con las mismas excusas. Que si no tienes tiempo, patatín, patatán, you always come home to me with the same excuses, either you don't have time for this or that and the other. <laughs> Let's try and bring that back into much more common usage. Que si patatín, que si patatán. Okay, two more to go. Uh, the last one is the short and very useful word, ya. Ya, ya. Now, it does mean already or now. Ya has llegado. Have you already arrived? Ya has llegado. ¿Qué? ¿Quieres que lo haga ya? What? You want me to do it now? Yeah, now. So it can mean already or now. However, this is an example of when one of these little muletillas or uh, filler words doesn't really serve its dictionary definition at all. Again, this is something that I noticed with my Spanish friends cropping up a lot. It didn't make sense to me because I kept thinking, well, why are they saying now and already? Um, so I've said something and they said, yeah. What do you mean, yeah? Now what? Or already what? Um... Ya is also really, really commonly used in Spanish to mean yes, quite simply. Instead of saying sí or sí, estoy de acuerdo, yes, I agree, Spanish people just say ya, 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 ya. It's just a sound of agreement. Ya, ya, ya. La misma cosa me pasó a mí. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, the same thing happened to me. Last one, fun one. Coño! Coño. Now, I'm sure most of you know what coño means. The direct translation in English, I can't really say out loud, can I? It's the C word in English. The C word in English, which is four letters, starts with a C and ends with a T and is very offensive in the English language. Coño, on the other hand, in Spanish, is not really offensive in Spanish. Not really, anyway. It's dropped in. It's got loads of expressions. It's dropped in and used in so many different ways. You'll even hear, you know, kids saying it in front of their parents and they're not really batting an eyelid, to be honest. I could do a whole episode on coño, but the one I wanted to focus on was this expression of joy, or when you're feeling very pleased for someone or for yourself, and you say, coño! It's like, oh, great. I suppose in English it'd be like, fucking amazing, or that's bloody fantastic. I suppose is how we'd say it. Excuse me for using the F word. For example, Acabo de enterrarme que me han cogido en el nuevo trabajo. I've just found out they've uh, offered me that new job. And then your friend might say to you, Coño, esto hay que celebrarlo. Coño, wow, that's amazing. This calls for a celebration. Very commonly used to express enthusiasm about some good news, for example. Coño, que bien, wow, that's great. Anyway, I'll stop swearing um, and leave it there. That's the last one on my list. Just speaking of swear words or curse words, I will probably put an episode together at some point in the future. Well, basically how to swear like a trooper in Spanish. I think it's really useful to know these words we most of us swear or curse in our own languages and I think it's useful if you're going to live in Spain to be able to do it in Spanish as well or at least understand them. It's, it's real language. I'm an advocate of learning these words and using them where appropriate without trying to offend anyone of course and see if I can enlist some help of my Spanish and uh, English friends here or make some comparisons with uh, swearing in English as well. But for now here endeth the lesson. I hope it's been useful for you. All of the interjections 
Returns and the muletillas, the filler words that you've heard in uh, this episode, uh, we'll put in the show notes so that you can actually go and uh, look at them, see how they're spelt, and I'll put a few of the examples that I've used as well. Uh, hopefully, so that you can learn some of them and use them in your Spanish if you're learning Spanish or you're improving your Spanish or you want to take it to the next level. I would highly recommend learning as many of these as possible and uh, sprinkling a few of them into your conversations with your Spanish friends who will be super impressed if you use them. Speaking of Spanish learning, many long-term listeners will already know this, but I have uh, put together a, a couple of episodes over the last couple of years looking at, well, not hardcore grammar, um, but looking at some of the colloquial uh, idiomatic language. Uh, so do check back. There's one about expressions using la leche, milk, curiously in Spanish, of which there are loads, which are very interesting. I did a, an episode all about my top tips, I think top 10 or 15 tips on how to learn Spanish, how to go about it. I mean, I'm not teaching you grammar and vocabulary, but I'm kind of giving you my advice on how to approach uh, learning Spanish uh, from my point of view and sort of how I did it as well. There's also an episode where I take you to my Spanish class with some uh, with my Spanish teacher and we talk about our favourite interesting colourful Spanish expressions. So I will leave it there. Thank you for listening. Hope it's been uh, fun and entertaining. And I look forward to speaking to you again in a brand new episode of the When in Spain podcast very soon. Until then, hasta luego.